this is Tara and EJ Kerwin with our Relationship Renovation Podcast. Hello, and thanks for listening. Hey, Tara. How are you this morning? I'm really good. Today is a very nice Friday. We're not rushed. We don't have sessions for a couple hours, so it feels really good. Yeah. we. You know, I'm going to give uh, you and I some some props right now. We have been back on a, a good, healthy meal plan, and we've been exercising together in the morning, which is yeah, kind of fun. Nice. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun. I would just like to say a shout out to the Mediterranean diet because it's super yummy food, easy to eat, yeah, super flavorful, and it's just been awesome. I love all the meal prep for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's been a fun thing we've been doing on on Sundays too. We've been doing meal prep. We've been cooking these like super tons of vegetables, like mounds of vegetables, lots of garlic. Yeah, I have ingested a lot of garlic this week. <laughs> no, yeah, it's been a good, it's been a bit good couple of weeks with our exercise and healthy eating. Well, let's let's talk about what we're talking about this week, Tara. You want to introduce the uh, the podcast? I do, I, and I love this one. Um, well, I love all of our podcasts, but today we're calling it the benefit of the doubt, which especially couples who have been in a lot of arguments and don't have a ton of healthy conflict resolution, benefit of the doubt is not a top on their priority list, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. I mean, benefit of the doubt. I mean, let's, let's I guess, define it on some level first, because you could take it a different, a bunch of different ways. I think the way that we look at benefit of the doubt is when you have an interaction with your partner, do you automatically assume that they have some negative intention? You know, and, and I guess benefit of the doubt is going beyond that you just don't think that they're being negative, but you actually do you give them the benefit of the doubt that they might even have your best interests in mind. Right. That or your yeah, you're you're kind of uh oh, I'm trying to like can I give a quick example of what yeah, happened? Yeah, 100 Okay. So it was like a morning where usually we can get into like our little bickering because it's just rushed. And I kind of looked at you and I was like, is everything okay? Oh, I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, I it was about a dog cage in the, <laughs> in the back. <laughs> I remember this. I was like, oh, can Forrest, he's one of our children. We were asking him if he could go do his chores. And then EJ was like, no, I really want him to help me with the dog cage in the back. And I was like, well, I think it's important that he does his chores first. And then EJ kind of had this look on his face. And of course, I immediately got defensive. And I was like, did that bother you? I was just really wanting Forrest to get his chores done first. And EJ's like, no, it didn't bother me at all. It's like a dog cage. And I'm like, I don't trust that that is true. <laughs> so I kind of went and scoffed off, went into the bedroom and I was like, okay, is he really mad at me or did he just get triggered by that? Because to me, I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense. And I came back into the kitchen and I said, EJ, to me, it really felt like you were triggered but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're being honest with me. I just really perceived that you were that way, but you're telling me that you weren't. And so I'm just going to trust that what you're saying is true. And really that's the only control I have. And if I didn't give you the benefit of the doubt, we probably would have gone into an argument because I would have said like, no, I'm not crazy. I know you were triggered. And you would have been like, no, I wasn't triggered and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So there is like an example. Yeah. I hope that was helpful. Yeah. And, and, and why we're talking about this today is that what we've noticed is when couples come into our practice, when they're working with us and the therapists who are here at our center is they have gotten to a place 
where they don't give each other the benefit of the doubt, where they won't they won't have that conversation that that Tara had, where she came back to me, kind of told me what her perception was, and then said like, "Hey, if you're telling me it's not that way, well then, you know, I'll trust you." Right? Yeah. No. Most of the couples we see at our center, heels dug in. I am not giving that person the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But we know once we start therapy sessions and we've created emotional safety, that benefit of the doubt starts happening and what a sense of just freedom for the couple's dynamic. Yeah. So, well, I mean, let's let's start off as, as kind of we always do. We have our little format. We kind of run things through. What might lead a couple to the point where they stop giving each other the benefit of the doubt in, in in all kinds of different circumstances. I mean, I think one of the first things is when couples get into this repeating dynamic of my perspective, your perspective, and they're not willing to give in and it becomes like a war of perspectives, yeah. right? And and it's kind of like, well, if I give in to this, that means I'm losing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a huge one that we see just like over and over and over again is you know even couples who've been with us for a little while sometimes where they'll come in there'll be something that has happened and then it'll just be it, it's almost like a lawyer you know in a courtroom where they come to us oh my goodness, yes. and they each want to like okay well you said your case blah 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 that it is and and you can tell they're not even listening to one another they're just sort of waiting for the other person to get done speaking then they restate their case. Then there's like, okay, well, this is what happened. Or even worse, they interrupt each other. They, you know, they they invalidate each other. And when you have repeating dynamics of communication where people aren't listening to each other, then they get to the point where they just assume, right, that that the communication isn't going to be balanced. It's mm-hmm. not going to be listening. And so my partner clearly doesn't have my best interests in mind. Yeah. I mean, again, that's a really big one for not being able to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And then, you know, this is kind of like a offshoot of that when there's a repeating dynamic of communication that's not that's not helpful, that doesn't lead to resolution. And, and when you don't address it, when there's a lack of change, you know, when you just see it happening over and over and over. Yes. Yes, there's no tools to even try to understand how do we even change it so it just keeps happening. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, it gets entrenched and it and it tends to get worse, you know, and you find you know, because as humans, we're, we're super adaptive to, to, uh, situations. And so, you know, maybe at first you, you, you'd bicker and you wouldn't mm-hmm. listen to each other and you'd interrupt one another. And then you get to the point where it's not changing. And then you start stonewalling, stonewalling and building contempt. It's, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so toxic for the relationship. And, and if that happens like over and over and over, over a period of time, why would you, you know, look at your partner? Partner, give them the benefit of the doubt and, and trust that they that they care that they have your best interest in mind. And just to add to that, when we have couples where both personalities are super strong and stubborn, O M G. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. even like elevated. Yeah, you know, you know, another th- where I see couples really struggle is is when you have two individuals 
who well, first of all, are very intelligent, which which most all of our our, our couples are absolutely, and and also like that are succeeding in whatever it is that they're doing. And I don't just mean career wise, like that you might have one member of the couple who, you know, is very successful in business. And the other one is just an incredible, you know, parent and running the household and just two people who like, when they walk away from one another, they're really good at solving problems. They're really good at achieving the results that they want. And, but then they, when they get together, when they try to have a conversation, when they try to, you know, mm-hmm. hang up a picture or or go out outside and decide, you know, uh, you know how to rearrange the furniture, or where to even go for dinner. We yeah, just had this that, last that, week. That, yeah, that's where they it completely breaks down. Mm-hmm. What's another What's another way in which people might lead to themselves to not giving each other the benefit of the doubt? T. Well, I feel like when. When couples are not prioritizing their relationship, which a lot of couples don't, we kind of take it for granted that this relationship is here and work and kids and blah, blah, blah. Those are all more important. And then there's this, like, it's kind of slow, right? But there's kind of this disconnection and a pulling apart and it doesn't feel quality like it used to. And I think it's just like this organic symptom of like when couples don't prioritize their relationship, we just don't have as much compassion for one another because we're kind of, and we don't even recognize it's happening. Yeah. We don't. You know, and that's something like as as you're talking about prioritizing relationship, I think there's like a couple things that that maybe we don't always break that down into because, you know, prioritizing your relationship is definitely making sure you have, you know, date nights and mm-hmm. making sure that you check in with each other yeah, every that day. You check in with one another. But it's it's also what I've learned a lot is it's also working on your relationship. You know, it's talking about the the struggles you have or the things you're facing together or the things you're facing apart. And I think it's a huge thing that like that couples just don't think about. You know, they don't think about like we actually need to be consistently looking at our relationship, looking at the way we communicate and and dealing with it before it's a problem, you know, before it, before things are breaking down. And I think that absolutely leads to a lack of benefit of the doubt when when you just sort of let your relationship go on autopilot for a long time. And I I mean, I honestly like when I think back around all my experiences, like I wish there was a class <laughs> that everyone had to take on relationships and that like relationships are really hard and it takes work. And I think when people kind of hit this like dead zone or whatever, the idea of work is already adding on to the uh, level of stress in your life. And I I can't tell you how many couples we see here where mean they're spending time and money to come to couples counseling, but they're not doing their weekly assignments because it's like, oh, we just couldn't fit that in. And I'm like, reminder, you guys are here. You're spending your time and money to shift. And so we, how do we support you guys in like taking 30 minutes every week to sit down with each other? It's really hard. So we just want to normalize that because it's a change, right? And it's doing something different. And I don't know what the research says, like takes 30 or 40 days to do something new to kind of create this new habit. And a lot of couples find that like exhausting. 
Yeah. Yeah. But we also see couples who do when they begin to implement some of the, uh, the systems that we help them create, we see that they very quickly see changes. You know, they, they, they start treating each other different. They start communicating in healthier ways. They start feeling attracted to one another again. Yeah. The hard work they think it is actually turns out to be a little fun and connecting. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so we've kind of identified what is, uh, you know, what, what is the benefit of the doubt? How does, how does it begin to break down? Like, why does it begin mm-hmm. to break down? And then when over a prolonged period of time, Tara, when, when you haven't given your, your uh, partner the, the benefit of the doubt for a long time, what then? What, what do you start seeing? I would say the first thing is dislike of your partner Oof, because they're infuriating and it feels hopeless that any kind of conflict will not have any resolution. So I think people withdraw, they kind of check out, maybe they become numb, you know? Yeah. What a, what a uncomfortable thing it is when the person that you've, that you've decided you want to spend the rest of your life with, that you love so, so much becomes a person that you just assume in any given interaction that they don't have your best interests. Like, you know, for me, like when we've had prolonged times like that, I find it, it's, it's depressing, right? It's just like, oh, it's like, it's sad, you know? Sad and, and individuals and couples, it's so, they don't deserve that, right? Yeah. Like all the couples we see, they're such good people with good hearts and they just want to feel connected and they just got caught up in this fear-based, like powerless or helpless place. And, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, you guys deserve to like feel loved and accepted and unconditional positive regard in this relationship. You know, yeah. that's that's all that we want. And I'm kind of shifting back really quick. Um when you're not having healthy resolution, when you're not being able to give the benefit of the doubt that, so the big arguments, right? Finances, sex, parenting, whatever, those start to generalize to like even little things. It's like instant conflict around like, you know, you put this wrong kind of creamer in my coffee, you little, you know? Like like big things start to become little things things. I mean, yeah. I mean, how many times, okay. And I've definitely experienced this within our relationship, but we, because we're sitting in front of couples all day long, I see it, you know, even more like how many times have you seen a couple talking about something where they're like, where they're like utterly convinced you didn't get my coffee the way I like it because you just don't care anymore about me. Right. You know, cause the benefit of the doubt also is like, sometimes we do mess up, right? Like there's sometimes oh, yeah. there's things that like I tell Tara I'm going to do or, or, you know, or, or I, I disappoint her in some way. And it, and it wasn't necessarily my intention. It might've been just like my, you know, uh, you know, just being, it's slipping my mind or whatever. And if Tara's also in a place where where she's frustrated with me, where she's not feeling in sync with me, she takes that negative benefit of the doubt thing and is like, he's he just doesn't care. He d- yeah, he's doing it on purpose or he doesn't care and he's not even thinking of me. Yeah, it's such a sad thing too, like when we sit across, because I mean, every couple we work with, I look at them oftentimes, I'm like, these are two like really wonderful people, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, and, and, and then to see them so 
you know, just so frustrated and angry with each other. It's just like, it's just a sad thing to see. And so, yeah, that's right. Like, because when you consistently have these arguments and you're not able to sell them in healthy ways, it definitely builds resentment, right? And that's, again, we get the couples in here pretty much. Some couples are really good at, you know, being advocates and saying, oh, we want to come in before things you know, get into crisis mode. We're like, oh my God, that's awesome. But that is like one out of 50 couples. So, but that resentment just starts to build and build and build and build and build. And then you lose trust that it'll ever be okay. Yeah. So, I I mean, I do like when I like, you know, occasionally we like to, during these podcasts, just stop. And if you, if you are, you know, an individual who's in, in a relationship right now where it is really, it's just been tough for a while and, and you've begun to think your partner just doesn't care, you know. I just want to like throw out some hope to you and that that is, a, that is a normal pattern that happens in a relationship. And, you know, you just have to find a way to connect with your partner and let them know like, look, and this is the hard thing. It's like, how do you look at them and say in a vulnerable way that is hearable, we have to look at our relationship. Like we have to do something differently, you know, we, and that is not, our instinct is not to use the pronoun we. Yeah, It is most often you, <laughs> you, because it, because we're, we're most often also addressing this dynamic when something has happened, we're triggered, we're pissed off. And we say, you, when you just did that, you know, instead of like finding a neutral moment and saying, look, honey, when this happens, we, we have a, we're trapped in some like patterns mm-hmm. right now that are, that are just not helpful. And we, I really want us to find a way to make some shifts. So, so, so this kind of, this kind of leads to, you know, sort of our our next portion of this podcast, which is how do you change it? Right. If you, if you're identifying, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, like we are not giving each other the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. We've lost trust. We have decreased intimacy or no intimacy at all. We're feeling really resentful. We're avoiding even talking about tiny topics or big ones, which actually it's really important to talk about. <laughs> like, is this a part of it that one or both partners have a hard time giving the other the benefit of the doubt? Yeah. That it's not their intention to make you feel bad. Yeah, yeah. So this is a big one. I mean, and I think any dynamic that we that we talk about here starts with couples making the commitment mm-hmm. to one another that they are working on their relationship, you know, that finding a way to let your partner know that like, hey, I really want to, I want to enhance, you know, I want to optimize, you know, Mm -hmm. what is the language that your partner is able to hear that states it in a positive way about, because if you come to your partner, oftentimes telling them you want to work on something and you state it in like, I don't like this about us. I don't want this anymore. I cannot stand blah, blah, blah. It's so demotivating, right? For, for and, and so if oh, you Oh yeah, you just get defensive because it feels like, oh yeah, we're not doing it right again. Like what's she or he trying to say? Yeah, so connecting with your partner and stating in a very positive way what you want to see, you know, and seeing if you can get your partner to sign on for like, yeah, 
I want to trust that you have my best interests, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to trust that even when, when you mess up or I mess up, that it's okay, that it's not intentional, that we love each other, that we want the best for each other 100%. Or sometimes if it is intentional, it's just out of our own defense mechanisms, but that we're going to be accountable and work on it. That's huge too. How do you think you get your partner, Tara, to acknowledge that there that there has been a subtle breakdown in in trusting that 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 you have each other's best interests in mind maybe i mean this is just what i would do i would say i'm i'm starting to feel or i feel really sad and disconnected and i feel like the last few arguments have been really destabilizing for us and i just i'm I miss you. I miss us. And I'm definitely recognizing that I am not my best self right now. I don't think I'm helping you to be your best self. And the modeling we're doing in front of our children just feels wrong. And I don't know what, what can we do about this? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, I statements is, is exactly what Tara was, was sort of role modeling there is, is sharing an I statement sharing your experience and using vulnerable language. Yeah. You know, I think that 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 gives you the highest likelihood that your partner is going to be able to hear you. And, and the other thing is, is if you can become empathetic to your partner's experience, because you know, if like, if you've been in a place for a, a week, a month or a year of of suffering in your relationship years yes then then your partner's got to be suffering quite a bit too oh that's yeah i like how you just transition to that yeah so true and if you can communicate to your partner that you can tell that they're struggling too that neither of you are in this great place right now yeah 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 i can tell honey i can tell that that sometimes you just think that i don't you know, that maybe I'm not the kindest or not the most loving. And, and man, I want to change that because I would just like, I would love for you to trust that you're safe with me. Oh, so huge. And I mean, just to see where the relationship goes and progresses when couples are able to give each other more of the benefit of the doubt. And it's not every time, but it's more so than the opposite. It is just like the emotional safety is created. Trust starts to build confidence. Both people start to feel empowered again. And it's just like this little bounce. You know how they say the bounce in the step. It's like a bounce in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And and then it's a connection that's different from when you first met, right? But it's like this, it's like a deeper level of intimacy. Like we were able to get through this really difficult time where we felt disconnected, resentful, things felt toxic. We weren't able to have resolution, but look at like both of us were able to take accountability, change some of the ways we were reacting, have more empathy, give each other benefit of the doubt. And now look, I mean, we can, we can say hundreds of couples who've been able to do this, have a very loving, secure connection. And they didn't think it was possible. There was like, no way. Yeah, and this for me, it cycles back also to something that we used to from the very beginning when we started working with couples. We used to tell them is like, look, when when you feel connected to your partner, when your relationship feels good, 
everything else in life is just a little more doable. Manageable, it's, it's, yeah. it's totally manageable. And when when we're feeling separated from our partner, when we're in patterns of conflict with our partner, it's like the, sometimes the most simple of things feels just like too much. It's too complex. And and that's another thing of like yeah. just connecting with your partner of like, God, we got to, life is complicated enough. Like mm-hmm. we got to like, we got to have each other's yeah. back. And just to like plug this in, like our relationship, it's not, I think some people come in like, oh my God, Tara and EJ must have the most connected, <laughs> amazing relationship in the world. And that are like, we haven't had a date night in months because we've been busy. We've been working on our relationship renovation at home. We, But that's our decision, right? Like, but we are having a date night this weekend. <laughs> but that like we utilize these tools. And so from our experience, it works for us. Will it work for every couple? I don't know. Does it work for the couples we see? Absolutely. But we go through the same stressors and, but you know, with our therapeutic backgrounds, we were like, okay, how do we, how do we have like the healthiest communication and healthy intimacy when our life just feels like overwhelming and we're bogged down? And I mean, I'm so grateful that we are doing all of this daily in our relationship because we know what works. And I think that's why couples have so much progress with us because they truly see that we are honest and real and that relationships are hard and our hearts are in it to help other couples. And again, it's not like EJ and I are like freaking floating on cloud nine and flowers <laughs> and having There's an occasional disruption. <laughs> so I just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Well, I'm, you know, so... I, I always like want to encourage you that if, if there were aspects of this podcast today that you connected with, that you're like, gosh, you know, my partner and I could be offering each other the benefit of the doubt more, you know, just bring it up to your partner, you know, let them know in a time where you're mm-hmm. not in a place of conflict, you know, being like, gosh, I listened to this podcast today and, and this is something they were talking about. And what do you think? Do you think it's it's become a little difficult for us yeah. to offer each other the benefit of the doubt and just see if you can, you know, mm-hmm. open up an avenue of conversation that 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 might be enriching and might be a little bit vulnerable, which we know then will be connecting. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, um always great doing a podcast. Yeah, you, always honey. great. Always great. Let's um, you know, a couple of things we definitely would love to plug. We have our relationship renovation at home. Woo-hoo. It's now available. Uh, we have a webinar if you if you'd like to hear more about it, and it's it's kind of offers three secrets to having a, a connected relationship. You can check that out at relationshiprenovationcenters.com. That's plural. So relationshiprenovationcenters.com. It's also in our show, show notes. If you just are like, hey, I'm sold. I wanna I, I wanna check it out. Uh, you can go to relationshiprenovationcenters.com backslash checkout mm-hmm. and you can grab it there. Also, please, we, we always love to hear your feedback around possible people you'd like us to interview. Subjects you want us to talk about. Yeah, anything, you know, so you can send us an email at uh, info at he said, she said counseling. And we're also out there on Facebook at he said, she said counseling and Instagram at relationship underscore renovation. That's a lot of plugins. That's a lot. That's a lot. All right. Well, happy love to everyone. Yeah. It's always wonderful to be here to connect with you and to help you build the best relationship that you could possibly have. Mm -hmm. Bye, guys. Bye. Me and you just singing
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.